behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Minnesota sports fans, welcome back to another episode of the Taxi Squad. So many exciting things happened this past week since we recorded. But before we get into the Wild and before we get into the Vikings and before we get into the other sports teams we intend on talking about today, we got to introduce the squad. The voice you hear right now is Artist Woods, and I know my audio doesn't sound the best. Straight off work, coming into my second <laughs> job and forgot my laptop, so you guys will have to Aww. excuse me today. Please just give me a pass for the day. Come on, but I'm here. Artist. Come but on. I'm here. I'm I don't here like the excuses, bro. Hey, hey, I just got to let it be known before the... The audience is like, what is going on with the audio? I just figured I put it out there now to let it be known what's going on before questions are asked. Well, you they know. can't really give you too much grief for it because I'm doing the exact same setup as you. So I should sound exactly as bad or as good as you. So possibly, possibly. <laughs> but, you know, I figured I get I get it out there because it was on my mind. So I want to get yeah. it out there first. Me but too. Me and artists voice- may not sound the best today, ladies and gentlemen, but. Life goes on. Everything will be okay. Don't yes. worry about it. Yes. And if you guys were wondering, I'm sure you weren't, but I'm going to introduce him anyway. That is our boy, Jason Stormer. And of course, we're here with AJ Fredrickson as well. Guys, how's everybody feeling? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. The Vikings pick up another big win. Um, Minnesota sports are starting to get really going here in the fall. The fall is bad in the sense that I feel like we transition out of the warmer weather mm. and, you know, you can kiss like that summer baseball feel goodbye, but then. Especially with I, that team of ours. Jeez. Yeah. But, the, and, yeah. and you know, you got, the, you got the, all that snow coming our way, but on the bright side of things, Vikings are in full swing wild get going tomorrow. Yes. Wolves, I think, are next week. We are mm-hmm. uh, we are almost off and running here, ladies and gents. So I am I'm excited. Um, and I'm looking forward to the seasons. I'm looking forward to the seasons. I think three pretty promising teams. Uh Jason, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, things are looking good. And my god, guys, uh, this past what Tuesday, it was like 80 degrees here in the Twin Cities, unseasonably warm. Oh, I don't remember last time we got like a really good 80 degree day like that in October. I went golfing for the very first time <laughs> all year. I finally got that round and finally everything is well and good in the universe. Jason got his round in in 2022 because it is very much not normal for me not to play golf in a given season. I had to get it in, but oh, it was so beautiful and just like. That victory over the Bears, 29-22. It was a beautiful sight to behold. I actually had a fun little environment, too. I went to a uh, Chicago bar in downtown St. Paul's called Allery's Free Advertising. And they do, like, Bears watch parties all season long. And no so, obviously, um, I, got a, I got a buddy who's a big-time Bears fan. And he invited me there. And it was a raucous environment. Obviously, like, the Bears fans who are there, and there were plenty of them super charged up. Because the Bears are in town, their team is here, they feel the vibes from it. They really wanted that victory, and you know what? Uh, It was a little bit close. Uh, It got a little bit close there when the Bears took that 22-21 lead, and you better believe Allery's was celebrating. We had Bears fans doing the gritty in front of Vikings fans. It was so much fun. I loved it. It was a great environment. Uh, So much fun. I, I had a wonderful time. But the game itself, the game itself, um, yes, um, as I did predict, you know, you can't let your division rivals, you can't take them for granted, at least. And the Bears put up a pretty dang good fight against the Vikings. And it was a little bit troublesome there. But you know what? I want to be really positive today, guys, because our team is 4-1. and one. Our team is 4-1. and one. And I remember when I was younger, I remember like being, getting 4-2. and two. The Vikings getting 4-2 and two really pumped me up when I was younger. And they're 4-1 and one now. So it's definitely worth celebrating. So a couple things I really want to take away. Some trends I'm starting to see, especially these past three games that have me super duper pumped, even though there's still plenty of question marks with this team. First of all, I'm really excited, guys, that still this offense is developing, but they have scored 28 points and more in their last three games. That's just not a pattern to me. That is a trend, and that is an encouraging one because there's still plenty of questions with this offense. Even though Kirk Cousins had a really good start to that game, what was it, 17 for 17, Vikings Uh record, unbelievable. There were still a few, you know, potential like, 
Kirk, what are you doing there? The interception um, that he had in the fourth quarter was really ill-advised. And there were a few other plays where he missed a few very wide-open receivers. Irv Smith at one point was very open on a play, I believe, at the close to the end of the second half. And man, oh man, Kirk really missed that. But still, again, I want to be positive today. I want to be positive today because this team is 4-1. and one. And again, 28 points in three straight games. I really don't think that can be undersold because if this offense was really still in a developmental period, I don't think they'd be able to put up these kind of offensive numbers. But even though they're still making things work, putting some pieces together, they're still creating results, which is super duper encouraging to me. What do you guys think? Honestly, um, if I <laughs> so last week I was really positive, right? Last right. week, I was very, very positive, and I felt like the Vikings are headed in the right direction, and they are because they won the game. Okay, so I can't just say they're headed in the wrong direction at this point. However, I did not like Sunday's game. Oh, I did not like <laughs> Sunday's game, and I tried to give them a pass for a lot of the things that went wrong in the Saints game because I was like, hey, when's the last time the Vikings have been three and one and XYZ? And, you know, they're winning while they're still trying to figure everything out. I was really on that side of things. But now, after watching that Bears game and watching this team go up 21-3. to three, It's true. It's true. It's and true. surrender that lead <laughs> to the Chicago Bears of all teams, who we all know are not on the same level as the Minnesota Vikings. That was absurd. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. That was absurd. <laughs> You look at the TV one moment, it's 21 and three. You look up the next, it's 22, and they haven't scored any more points. And you go back and you watch the game, and you see there was multiple missed kicks, there was a block mm, yeah. kick, there was an interception thrown, and Justin Fields, who was awful to start the game, mm. I think he started the game, I think it was like two or five, or I think maybe three. No, I think it was two or five for almost the whole first half. Really just got it cooking. I think that one handed grab by Darnell Mooney. I think mm-hmm. towards the end of the first half or beginning of the second half really got him going. And he started to become a problem. He started to become accurate from the pocket out of nowhere. Slippery when wet. Yeah. He started to use his mobility. And that became a problem for the Vikings to deal with. And it was just like, how do you let this team <laughs> in Minnesota back into this game to the point where now – you really might lose. Now it takes yet another game-winning drive by Kirk Cousins to bring you down. And I have to give Kirk credit for making these game-winning drives week after week. Don't want to take away from him. But, man, when you see a team getting momentum, can we put up some points? Can we get a field goal to drop? Can we block yeah. a little extra? Can we block a little extra to prevent a field goal block? Can we not throw interceptions and turn the ball over and give the other team life? Like, that, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I thought about AJ throughout the whole game. <laughs> I thought about AJ because at first when they were up 21-3, I was like, see, I told the guys this would be a blowout. I knew AJ was tripping. And, I, hey, it's it's going to be fine. I knew it. I knew it. It's going to be fine. And then when they came back, I thought of AJ again like, dang, AJ was right. This whole time, he yeah. was right. This team is playing way too up to their opponents or way too down to their opponents. And it's not good. I I'm happy that they're four and one. I I rather they be four and one than one and one and four. But the schedule doesn't get easier from here, and they're not gonna beat every team playing like this. It's 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 not gonna happen. So this defense, more than anything, I tried to give them a pass like last week. <laughs> you got you got to tighten up. I'm sorry. Mm. You you got to tighten up. The Bears' pass offense was hor- horrendous so far all season long, and somehow some way you let Justin Fields. Go for a touchdown in 208 yards, 15 of 21 for Justin Fields. Yes. That that is that should be the response. Like that should be your feeling about it. I don't yeah. I I talked about this last week, which is why you said you were thinking about it. This team, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I just can't wrap my head around why you you come, you're shooting out of the blocks like right away. You put up all these points, you get 21 in the first half. You get to the top of the mountain, and then they're like, "We're just gonna take our foot off the gas. We're gonna we're we're going down the hill. We're able to just coast now." But then the Bears, you know, three points, seven points in the second, nine points in the third. All of a sudden, we've got ourselves a game. Mm-hmm. Why why can they not just put away these bad teams? Look at what the Bills did to the Steelers. I need the Vikings to do that to bad teams like the Bears. The Bears should not be forcing Kirk Cousins to make a fourth quarter game winning drive, a fourth quarter comeback drive 
Um, and then you have to rely on Cam Dantzler to get a strip fumble there's... in the final two minutes or whatever it was. There, there's there at no point should we have been sweating as Viking fans about that game. And I think a majority of the fan base was like, it, it would, it would have just been the most cherry on top thing for how this team has looked and maybe how the season has started that. All right. The, the Packers just lost to the giants in, in London. We can take a leg up in the division. Oh, of course we're going to lose to the friggin' bears. No, they, they, they get the job done, but Oh my God. I mean, the defense, the defense, the D de- the thing is, it's not, it's not all on the defense. Because it's one thing if your offense goes out there and gets a lot of three and outs, and then your defense is just tired. You know, mm-hmm. your defense is just exhausted. And they can't get, get the job done. It, it kind of was the case for some of the second half because they get the 21 in the first half, going to the halftime, nothing. How do you not get, at times, a field goal to at least just, like, stop a little momentum from the Bears? You got to do something to get yourself in a position to score. And even if they score a touchdown, you get three right back. And so in in reality, it's only a four point like net gain. Like you can't, you can't just let these teams crawl and ease their way back into the game. You have to just, you have to keep playing. And they just, it looks like they just stop at times. And I don't know what it is that they're able to just either turn it on and turn it off when they want to. But I, I would love to just turn the switch on and then tape it so it can't be flipped off again. There should be no – I don't want to get any – unless there's like barring a major injury or something like that. The defense for the Bears is not good enough to lock down this offense as well as they did at the start of the second half. That should not be happening. The The game should never have been in question, yet it was. And they needed a, a late fourth-quarter QB sneak from Kirk Cousins – a two point conversion to help put them up at like, you know, a certain amount. And then a very dramatic strips, uh strip fumble by Cam Dantzler, who got absolutely shoved two seconds prior to that. Oh yeah, yeah actually he got burned by him here. I'll, I'll say kudos, back kudos, and himself. Yeah. Kudos to him because that, I mean, it's on national television. You just got embarrassed by a grown man most people maybe don't have the ego or whatever to like get back up and get back in the play. And they're just like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to get out of frame here. I'm going to go, whatever he got up without hesitation, gets back in the play and he wins in the game. Yep. So kudos, kudos to Cam Dancer, who um, that actually had himself not, not too bad of a game. Well, I feel bad from, he's, uh, he's gotten, he's off to a very good start to a season. Yeah. I mean, he actually set, had a, had a rough game. He actually stopped a two-point conversion too. That yeah, was actually yeah. Mm-hmm. pivotal in the game as well that the Bears went for. So it was a great game. He's he's made plays this year. He was the highest rated defensive player on the team this week. PFF eighty-six point three. That's special. Yep, that is special. I, yep. Artist, I gotta ask. You saw him get in the end zone, Jalen Ragger. Are you regretting oh. it? Are you regretting it yet? He has to be. He has to be. No doubt. Not even a little <laughs> bit. Liar. You liar. I will say, I will say the little kind of goal line shimmy that he did to get into the end zone was pretty. And you know, I always knew he had the ability to do those type of things. It's just it was it's good that it was only a one or I think maybe two yard touchdown because it wasn't gonna go for probably more than five yards, knowing him. Like just the way he it's just something some about him, man. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that to him because he did get in the end zone, and I don't want to throw shade. But it, 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 uh, it's it's a triggering subject for you. It's okay. It, it's okay. This is a safe yeah. space for you, though. You may speak your mind. Yeah, and he, I, I'm proud of him. That's what I'll say. I'm proud okay. of him getting in the end zone, and I do wish nothing but the best for his career going forward. I do think that this situation in Minnesota is a nice fresh start for him, and he'll he'll have the opportunity to. You know, really revive his career. I am. I'm happy for him. I just, I, I, I can't forget, man. It's I, okay. I can't forget. It's I can't okay. forget how he looked in Philadelphia. So let's let's hope he's better in Minnesota. Um, I'm not expecting it, but I am proud that he he got the end zone. And I think you know, as small as that may have been, I'm sure it was a confidence booster, and I'm sure he'll get more touches in the offense now as well, on those same type of like trickery kind of end around receiver sweep like plays. So. We'll, and we'll I, see if he can keep that up because it would be a huge boost if he could really, you know, they could do that in the middle of the field and they can get some big gains off of that. That would be huge. That would yeah, be huge. He, he's, he's, he's quick. Like, if you can get him featured in offense and you can get him running, 
I mean, there's something there. It may have to be more like trick play involved because that wasn't a play, obviously, like the Vikings are going to run too often. That's more of just like a goal line specifically made for him kind of thing. But he's got to be able to, like, I don't know, he's got to show more potential as an actual receiver. You know what I mean? Instead yes. of just like doing weird wildcat trickeration kind of stuff like that. But uh, it was still nice. But oh, okay, fine. Guys. Hold on, real quick, real yeah, quick. Speaking speaking of that play, I know you guys have probably seen it because it's a uh, Score North podcast. So I know you have probably kept up on it. For maybe everybody out there listening who uh, isn't aware of it, make sure you go and uh, check out Trenches with Boone, the latest episode where yeah. uh, Phil Mackey and Alex Boone, NFL veteran. Um, he, they have a fantastic breakdown of that Jalen Rager play along with some of the other film. Um, if you go to the purple daily YouTube page, first off, leave a, uh, leave a thumbs up on the video, make sure you're subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, but if you go to about the 15 minute mark is when they start breaking down film, they started doing that recently. It's, it's so nice. Cause you see a lot of like the, the TV people like break it down in real time during the game, but to maybe get that mid like mid game um, or like I should say post game from a guy who's just been there and maybe a different perspective rather than like the skilled positions, but some guy who's like in the trenches pun intended on the name there. He, I mean, he breaks it down so well and it's just so much insight that is, you know, it, it, it's nice to have um, and it's awesome to have in this part of the score North theme. So super amen. fun there. Amen. Yeah. I, when it comes, honest to God, when it comes to X's and O's and stuff like that, like I, I, I'm not your guy. I hardly know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I I am the guy who played one season of football and I didn't even make the whole season. I quit three quarters of the way through senior year of high school. And so I I am not, I am not someone to be trusted with X's and those kind of stuff. So please check out Alex Boone uh, and everything that we do here at score North and purple daily, all of it. Um, by the way, do you want to plug, uh, the score North view party? that we're doing at Surly this upcoming Sunday for the Dolphins game. I believe Judd will be there. Declan will be there as well. We will be recording Purple Daily event line, Vikings event line, right after the game, live at Surly. I believe they'll have a microphone right there for you to spew your takes after the game. So please come check it out. I will be there. Guys, I don't know if what your plans might be, uh, but come on, come on. Please come check it out. Come support Surly. Come support Score North. It'll be a grand old time. Uh, come say hello. I'll be the guy standing in the corner nobody's talking to. So it'll be. <laughs> um, but guys, fine. You know what? Fine, fine. Wanted to come in here being very positive about my purple, but you guys kind of dragging me through the mud. That's okay. Sometimes a little slap of realism is a good thing. Fine. Let's talk about some negative things, right? Specifically, let's get into some special teams grind. Greg mm-hmm. Joseph, I need you to start making your 50-yard field goals, my man. Uh, I'm not one to really, really get on kickers for missing those every now and then, but what is he like two for five or something? He's missed like less than 50% of his 50 yarders at this point. That alone, no matter what the actual statistic is, is a massive problem. And I mean, he has a perfect environment for kicking. It's U.S. Bank Stadium. And I know people have been talking about, oh, the windows have been open that they have on the side of the stadium there that face Chicago Avenue. I don't want to really necessarily hear that as an excuse <laughs> per se. I don't really even know how windy really it was in the Minneapolis downtown area. But this is a conversation I wasn't expecting to have, to be honest with you, because Greg Joseph was getting rave reviews at training camp in the preseason. Everything looked fine. He looked good. But now it's starting to not necessarily be a problem. It hasn't necessarily cost the Vikings yet, but it's now something that's become a like you just can't help but notice it. At well, this they, point. they they handedly win that game if he makes those two. Granted, one of them got blocked, but he handedly, yeah, yeah. they handedly win that game if that field goal doesn't get blocked and he makes both of them. Handedly, yep. I think at that point they do put this team away. But it's the fact that they gave them life. Over and over and over again. I just yep. that, that that drives you crazy, man. I, I don't I don't Yep. All right. Yep. The other That's thing that, that'll be negative maybe, about too is that maybe fill me in real quick before you move to your next point. But are we at the point where a 50 yarder is considered like a you should be hitting that every single time type of thing? Or where are we at? Like what is the ranges? Because I have no idea anymore. Will Lutz almost drilled two sixty plus yarders in London. Um, and then, you know, with the history that this team has, a 27-yarder isn't safe. So I, I just don't know 
I'm confused as to what should be gimmies and what should be all right. Well, you know, not every not every field goal is uh, kicked the same. So, like, is fifty and in? Is that is that a gimme from now on or what? Well, I, I wouldn't say it's a gimme. No. I wouldn't call a fifty-yard field goal a gimme for sure. Like, if if I'm rooting against an opposing team and they're kicking a fifty-yard field goal, I'm like, okay, they they might miss this. Yeah, yeah. but I won't go as far as to say good field goal kickers shouldn't make the 50 yarders if you know what i mean like when you think of the best field goal kickers in the league when they go line up to kick that 50 yard field goal you do have a different type of confidence because you know they've been there they've done it multiple times it's not a gimme but you kind of at the same time count on it a bit like he's gonna make this as long as this doesn't get blocked he's going to make that a lot of my thoughts and just feelings about the team are a lot of the same. Uh, I mean, Justin Jefferson had a huge game and I think that's something worth noting. Um, but it's the bears after all, I'm not expecting the bears to lock them down. Cause they don't have a Darius Slay. They don't have a insert good corner here. You know, they, right. um, they, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, you know, I'm that's great. That's better than I anticipated. 12 catches, 154 yards. I expect you to get probably pretty close to that though. Not in the terms of the, you know, I, you get what I'm saying. I expect it close yeah. to about 100 or so. Um, but, I mean, Dalvin Cook, it was nice to see him kind of have that that day that we've been missing uh, just because he's been battling with injuries and whatnot. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, Despite there being, I think, a lot to talk about, there's also not a lot to say about this game because it's just like, all right, sweet. You'll beat the Bears. You got to move on because I think they have a bigger test that has some questionable quarterback situation. Uh, moving ahead here. So before we maybe touch on that Dolphins game this weekend, do you have any final thoughts, guys, either one of you with uh, just your final takeaways from Bears v. Vikings? Yeah, my thing is, like, they, they just have to close games better. Oh, You yeah, got to close games better. You got to find a way. Once the, Now, my biggest thing last week was, well, the offense didn't help them out much and X, Y, Z. You know, they had multiple opportunities in the red zone that they didn't cash in on. Okay. This time you don't have that excuse. This time the offense did come out guns are blazing, put up 21 quick points. And yes, they kind of stalled out in the third quarter, but at the end of the day, they gave you guys a, a 18 point lead. Mm-hmm. They gave you an 18 point lead. That should be enough for any defense against the Chicago Bears at home to seal the deal. And so my biggest thing is that they have they have to they have to do better. They have the defensively you have to be better because you're getting ready to play the Dolphins, who's a better offensive team. Shortly after that, you're going to play the Cardinals and you're going to play the Buffalo at some point. You're going to play Dallas. You're going to start playing better teams. And it's a lot harder to win those games. It's a lot harder to win those games playing the way that this mainly this defense, because like um, Jason said, this offense has actually been doing pretty well over overall, big picture wise. And it's been saving this defense from a lot of games that should have been losses. So they, I'm kind of with I'm kind of like, like I said, I'm like you from last week, AJ. They have to be better. They simply have to be better on the defensive side of the ball in order for this thing to go the way we the the way Minnesota sports fans want it to go, the way Minnesota Vikings mm-hmm. fans want it to go at the end of the day. But yeah. they're four on one. Yes. And I think that's the biggest it's, thing. You know, mm-hmm. Positive. Yes. Positivity, win, gentlemen. Yes. Winning, yes. Winning ugly is still ugly. I mean, hey, if you want to win off a of fourth quarter comeback 17 games in a row and throughout the playoffs, you know, you're still in a winner. You still end as a winner. So, um, Jason, do you have any final thoughts on that Bears-Vikings game? Well, another trend I'm very encouraged by through yeah. very early part. Of the, actually, I mean, can we call this early part of the season now? We're almost like a third of the way into the season. I can't even believe that we're even at this point. But one I thing I'm really – week, I, I know. It's crazy. Um, one trend I'm really encouraged by, and I know all of these games have been at home, but you are 3-0 and against your division. I don't think you can undersell that. That is huge. Again, those have been all home games. You have to go play at the fields, Lambeau, Soldier, and Ford. I get that, but still, I, I like how you have already set this very early tone against all of your division rivals. You have beaten all of them after week five. I think that's a big thing. I know that's just more of a symptom of how the schedule played out. But I really can't. I really don't think that can be undersold as the season goes on. Um, wrapping up with this Bears game, though, um, we talked about the kicking woes, the defensive woes. Um, specifically, I need to see a little bit more from uh, my safeties in these next few games. Uh, Cameron Bynum has been pretty much in the bottom of PFF scores for the defense now for several weeks. He had the lowest score this week at a 30.2. 
Harrison Smith, I know, didn't have the best of games. I don't think he was terribly low. And so I, I've been we've been talking about the safeties a little bit on these podcasts and it's just kind of, again, just been something that's getting brought up every single week. And again, I just said it very well. These are the bears. This was a good team to get right against, uh, at least for the safeties. And uh, they didn't really, um, Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith. I know they had some flashy p- uh, plays. We had Daniel finally get a sack this game. Thank goodness. He finally got one. And we almost had that strip fumble from Zadarius. Great. But they also had two of the three lowest scores for uh, PFF for the Vikings, along with Cam Bynum. Daniel Hunter had a 47-9, and Zadarius had a 49-9. So even though, like, they looked somewhat the part, I guess when you actually, like, really look into the X's and O's like Alex Boone does, and they maybe didn't have the best of games. So I really need to see more from them a little bit. Uh, One thing I was really encouraged also from this game offensive was that Dalvin Cook seemed to cook in this game. I really, really like that. And one thing I think I've figured out with Dalvin is that, um, you know, people have uh, obviously like the shoulder's been the biggest issue with injury with him with the season, but like an ankle issue has always been something that's been talked about Dalvin. I mean, look, probably every running back in all of football has an ankle issue. So it's probably a symptom of just the position. Right. But one thing I think that you can tell when Dalvin is, when that ankle is feeling really good is when the Vikings evolve a lot of sweeps and tosses to Dalvin. I saw that a ton getting him on the edges and he definitely got on the edges very well, especially on that trick play where they lateral to Jefferson and they threw it back and then Jefferson threw it back to Dalvin. And then he had, that was like a 30 or 40 yard play. That was fantastic, but they got a lot of sweeps and uh, tosses involved. And, I don't know. One thing I kind of noticed in the couple of weeks beforehand is that Dalvin was just kind of being fed stuff kind of up the middle. And so maybe just maybe heaven forbid that ankle was just feeling really, really good this week. And that's why Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings office thought that they could use him in that way. That was really encouraging to see. Um, I'm yeah, I guess we can now pretty much uh, transition into the Dolphins game, I suppose. Um, but my, my final thoughts for I guess for the Bears is just that another win. I'm encouraged. Again, you've scored at least 28 points in three straight games now, and we still have plenty of questions about how this offense was developing. J.J. took off like J.J. normally takes off. Any of those questions we had about those performances in week two and three are gone. J.J. is soaring right now. He's playing out of his mind. And so uh, hopefully we can take a little bit of this momentum down to South Beach, gentlemen. Yeah, uh, Dolphins coming up here this Sunday noon kickoff. Uh, we don't know if Tua will be back. It's I've I've seen stuff that it's very possible that he might be. Not very possible. It's 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 a little possible. Mm. Uh, Teddy, they they got dinged with the new protocols with Teddy. I think first play of the game he uh, yeah. yeah yeah. So I mean I'm I'm glad to see that stuff is already like in effect. Um, but then who Skyler Thompson, the third Ooh. string rookie quarterback, had to perform for them. Um. I mean, they have two really, really, really good wideouts with Jalen Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill. And then Raheem Mostert's actually been surprisingly good in the backfield for them so far this season. Um, but I, I think with kind of the rocky waters they have at quarterback, this is a, a game where maybe a couple weeks ago you're like, oh, no, this one uh, could be bad. But I think this is uh, one where the Vikings going down there, they still might be underdogs in the sense of the spread. But I think it's a game that's very winnable for them. Um, actually, I can confirm that Skylar Thompson will start this game to uh, oh, okay. evaluate things, but he's still being ruled out. I mean, it might still be a PR nightmare for the NFL to throw him back on a field right now. So mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I were the if I were the Dolphins HR, I'd be pleading with uh, Mike McDaniel, uh, please, please do. Do not start to a tongue of Viola this week. Uh, yeah. Um, and I don't know what Teddy's situation is. I think. I think he is still in concussion protocol. I'm reading a story from Marcel Lewis Jocks on ESPN saying that he's still in protocol and he's not going to play either. Uh, yeah. And you saw that rule kind of, obviously um, we, we saw the rule kind of manifest in the Falcons and the Bucks game and the Chiefs and the Raiders game. There is an overcompensation uh, in the officiating of quarterbacks right now in the NFL ever since he, he got hit and then he got hit again. And you know what? I mean, I don't know if I can necessarily blame the league. I mean, any, I mean, what is it? If you get two concussions in a week, it could be fatal. Yep. Yeah. Um, when you're dealing with the actual potential livelihood of your players and their health, um, 
it's okay maybe if there's a couple extra flags thrown and I mean, I don't think that the the Bucks game really the, that really screwed over the Falcons, but I don't right. think the Chiefs one really ended up altering no. the, the game or anything like that. Also, just a quick point: looking at it, the uh, the Vikings did open up as three point underdogs, but since then the spread has shifted heavily in their favor, going from three point underdogs to three and a half point favorites. Yep, yeah, a lot of the money coming in on the Vikings. Yep, that's right. I. I'm not very confident about this game. <laughs> <laughs> and why? I, I'm, I'm I'm not going to lie. The way the Vikings are playing the game right now, it just gives me cause to pause, man. <laughs> and even though we we're not sure about the Miami Dolphins quarterback situation at the current moment, they got guys that can make plays on the offensive side of the ball, man. They got guys that can make plays from Tariq Hill to um, Raheem Mozart, who I think looks like he went for 113 yards yeah, last week in touchdown. Looks like he's back. Yep. yep. Yes. Waddle. They got guys that can make plays. Not granted, they did get blown out by the Jets, but the Jets are kind of a kind of a sending team. Sneaky good this year. Yeah, they. It's a weird sneaky. thing to say out loud now that I just did it. They're sneaky good. Yeah, they are. A breath of fresh air for them. Flux. So. Yeah, they, they look decent so far this year. So I can't necessarily. It's, it's, I can't fault them too much for that, especially since as though you went in the game with a game plan for Teddy Bridgewater. He's go, he goes down, and now you got to throw the rookie out there. And now it's just like, oh, well, there goes the original game plan. Now let's figure out what we're doing now. And the Jets come out and they stump y'all at home. But at the end of the day, this game is on the road. And again, the way the Vikings have been playing, I, I'm just, I'm not confident that they can stop those playmakers on the other side of the ball. I think it could be a shootout. I think it's a game that the Minnesota Vikings could win for sure because they have the weapons and they should win this game. Let's be clear. It's not only is it a winnable game, it is a game they should win. They mm -hmm. should win this game. Mm -hmm. But seeing them struggle with Justin Fields and seeing them struggle with the Saints, and again, I tried to give them a pass, but this past week was unacceptable, man. It was, it was, they won, but man, that's not. That's not a good look. At least the other game was in London. You can't really say it was a home game. I expected hmm. you guys to come out and dominate at home. And, man. So, I know we're going to make our, our predictions in a minute, but I'm not going to lie. I am kind of leaning away from the Vikings in this game. I don't like this matchup. I don't. I know, like I said, we got to figure out the quarterback situation for the Dolphins, but with the whole week of preparation for the, for the, for the Dolphins, knowing because they know what they're going to do at quarterback, so they have a whole week pretty much to prepare for what they're going to do at quarterback. And they have a whole week to prepare for how are we going to get our stars from Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle involved in this game along with Mostert. Mostert. And they're three of the fastest guys in the league. We've already lamented how slow the Minnesota Vikings secondary is. I, 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 just, I just don't like the matchup, especially on the road right now. I, I'm not feeling overly confident. Maybe you guys can talk me off the ledge before we make these predictions. But I am not confident in the Vikings in this game. And maybe the one time I pick against the Vikings, they come out and they blow a team out. Maybe. Just maybe. Your 5-0 and reputation is on the line here, my friend. Think it logically. Is, it is on the line. And and I don't know, man. My gut is telling me that they are, they are in a bit of trouble this week. But I don't know. Maybe you guys could talk me off the ledge. I don't, I don't know. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I, I hear you. I mean... We saw what Andy Dalton did to this team a couple of weeks ago. Again, granted, in a, you know, an international environment. And Andy Dalton is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. He has plenty of starting experience. He's not, I would say, your average uh, backup quarterback. Um, but I never heard of the Skylar Thompson guy until literally just a couple of days ago. And no offense to him. I'm sure he's a great dude. And he's much better at throwing footballs than I will ever be. Um it's going to be – I wonder actually what the temperatures in Miami because uh, the my, the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, and the Jags have a little bit of a tendency on hot Sunday days where they'll make, they'll wear like white – their white jerseys and they'll make the road team wear like their dark jerseys. And you know what? Purple. Purple's a pretty dark jersey. So those Vikings jerseys could get pretty hot. They also like put them on the sunny side side of the field too. They, they throw all the stops out there in Miami. I really like that. But – Again, if this is a professional football team, those little tricks, I mean, it shouldn't make too much of a difference. Um, I'm not as worried as you are, Artis. I don't know. Um, again, I'm riding high pretty a lot pretty much on the Vikings, more so than uh, I probably have in the last couple of weeks. 
and just this whole situation with the Dolphins um, is just in flux. Even though, yes, they have all those playmakers and they are explosive and you can throw it up to Tyreek and Jalen and they're going to be able to come down with a lot of it. They've pretty much been shut down ever since Tua went out. Jalen has hardly done anything and Tyreek's been okay. Um, that offense is really in flux. Maybe now that they got the run game going a little bit better, getting Moser back, that'll be a bit better. Because I know like Chase Edmonds and whoever else that they have there um, really weren't really doing much for them in the first place. So there is that. Um, they are getting healthier. But again, you're playing a third string quarterback. But again, that, that can be reasons for a trap game. Obviously, I understand right. you can't take them lightly. You cannot take them lightly. I just... I, I guess I'm just really confident the Vikings will be able to handle their business because, yes, they've kept these games close. We want to have more comfortable wins. I can't help but feel like still the fact that they are pulling out these ball games while still trying to develop their team is just such a positive sign. Because I feel like, again, if this were Mike Zimmer's team still, I think these teams would have crumbled in most of these situations. And we wouldn't be four and one. We'd be closer to probably one and four. And so – yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not on your level, artist. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm a little bit more confident, but again, I am a weathered Vikings fan. I know better not to take any team for granted. Um, but I, I, well, I'll give my score prediction here in just a second when we start doing that. But I, I don't know. I'm not as great as you are. But, 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 I'm cautious. Always cautious. Justin Fields and Andy Dalton in back-to-back -back weeks gave the Vikings fits, man. I, but they didn't, I don't like, know burn, who's but they to... didn't burn them or anything by any means. Like, let's not pretend Justin that Fields, Justin, wait, wait, wait. If it Justin wasn't... Fields was in the game, down 3-21, to 21 and came back and took the lead. Andy Dalton with, I think, I don't know, less than a minute in this last game, marched the team down the field to get in position for a game-winning field goal. 24 they seconds. the same defense. One game was in London, this game in Minnesota. Yeah. Now you're going on the road, playing in a hostile environment. I just I I don't know. Like I said, I could I could be wrong, but after what I just saw Andy Dalton do, okay, <laughs> that was in London. But what I just saw Justin Fields do in Minnesota, I am not ruling. I'm just not ruling anything out. And these guys have the type of playmakers that you can hit them on a slant and they can go 100 yards at a moment's notice. At a moment's notice. Mm -hmm. And I just we are getting Andrew Booth back this week. I'm excited to see That's uh, what, he, what he might provide, especially now that Lewis Seen is gone. I need a little bit of a rookie fix on defense. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm just, I'm just, again, I'm just not very confident. But AJ, did, I, I know you had something you wanted to say. <laughs> well, no, you, you, you pointed out Justin Fields. I, that game could have been worse if it wasn't for the blockhead move by Amir Smith Marset and canceling out a 52 yard touchdown True. scramble Justin Fields he got he looked like 07 Michael Vick against the Vikings like, <laughs> yes, he did. I don't have too much tape on Skylar Thompson but I mean I don't have the highest hopes this 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 defense I don't think everybody's expecting they can just shut him down. You know, it's a, it's a rookie third string, blah, blah, blah. Oh, just to, to look on to the bye week, and then you can take on who they have. Could the Cardinals. You got the Cardinals next. Worry about Kyler. Skylar Thompson's about to be a household name on Sunday at like 3 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> He's the first rookie to ever throw a perfect passer rating and four touchdowns and 400 yards and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's how I feel. It feels like such a trap game. Oh. It feels like such a trap game. Oh my gosh! I, I, I don't. For the record, no I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be that good by any means. I think he's going to be able to do enough to put them in a position to where Vikings fans are at least sweating. I think it's going to be somewhat close at the. This is this. I would don't do write that down here, but write this down. It'll be a one score game at the start of the fourth quarter. Okay. That's fair. It'll be close right. enough to where people are like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> here, we here we go again. again. Here we go again. Um, do we want to get into predictions? Yeah. Uh, who wants to go first? I think this I, is going I, I, to – I think whoever has the best record should go first, to be honest with you. Artists, I think it should be you. You just want me to get this out on record right now. I, we don't want you to have too much time to think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. You know, we want your O to go, bro. I got to be honest. I'm at home. I'm rolling with the Dolphins to win this football game. Ow! 
I, I think the Dolphins will win this football game. I really do. I think they will get the ball to their playmakers, Tariq Hill and um, Jalen Waddle. And I think those guys will have a field day. I, I, I really see it coming. I, I think they're both due for breakout games. I think you give whoever's, whoever the quarterback is um, a, a whole week to prepare and a week to figure out how we're going to get the ball to these playmakers. But more importantly, if they can get the run going on this Minnesota Vikings defense, which which isn't the best against the run right now, you can get Raheem Mostert on the outside or even in between the tackles, and he can go for another 113 yards in the touchdown and kind of control time of possession a bit. I can see, unfortunately, and I hope I'm wrong, but I can see the Dolphins finding a way to get out of this game in Miami. I really could. I unfortunately have the Dolphins in this game. I'm going to say by a score of 26. I think the Vikings will make it very close. I think they'll try to make another game and then drive at the end, but I think it will not work out this time. I think it'll be 26 to 24 Miami Dolphins. Wow. I love, I, I love I love how you're putting just the 5-0 reputation on a third-string quarterback. I love that. that you're a true Vikings fan now. Because that's exactly what a Vic- a true Vikings fan would do exactly what you're doing. Welcome into the fold, brother. We love you. Hey. No more Eagles, though, right? You're done with that. Oh, no, we ain't doing all that. I will always be an Eagles fan at heart. Always, always. But plan, I, I have I have love for the Vikings as well. And I hope not, not, not this week. Not this week. You don't know. I, I, hey, I hope I'm wrong about my prediction. I really do. But uh, I... I'm scared of Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle against this defense. I, I, I'm not confident with those playmakers on the field against this defense. If maybe this were a couple weeks of Skylar Thompson, because he, I mean, obviously he got throw, thrown into the fold right away last week. I mean, he basically started. Teddy played one, one series and that was it. So um, he, he basically started the game and they were pretty much anemic. If maybe this were like, a couple weeks into it, and we don't know how long Tua and Teddy will be out. I think I'd probably be more nervous, like you are, Artis. But this is also new to him. He probably didn't expect any of this. I mean, he should be—he's a professional athlete. He should be prepared for these moments when they come, because they can happen, obviously, in a moment's notice. But learning a whole new playbook—they do have a first-year coach. The Dolphins are still adjusting themselves. They're in a kind of developmental period, just like the Vikings, and so. That is really just kind of just when you put those ingredients and make a stew for me, I just I have to pick the Vikings in this game, even though, yes, the threats of Tyreek, the threats of Jalen, the threats of a healthy Raheem Mostert are potentially a lot to overcome. The quarterback play is just such a what if for them right now, it's. And actually, like, I'm sure a lot of Vikings fans are going, oh, thank goodness. We don't have to play Teddy because our hearts can't take it because we all still love Teddy so darn much. And it's, man, I wish he was honestly still the quarterback of the Vikings, to be honest with you. But uh, we know what happened to his leg. Um, yeah, just there's there's a lot of just issues with the Dolphins right now, even though I think they have a pretty decent defense. I don't think it's a bomb half of the league defense by any means. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what the weather will be like down in Miami, but I'm very encouraged by, you know, what the Vikings offense has done the last couple of weeks. Um, and yes, the defense is, yeah, we, we can't ignore it. We obviously can't ignore it. Um, and we've been saying the last couple of weeks, these should be pretty good get right games against Andy Dalton, against the bears and Justin Fields. And again, they are getting another opportunity, this defense to have a get right game. Um, to what extent they will have that, I'm not really sure. Because, yeah, even though I'm seeing encouraging signs, I still have plenty of questions about this defense. So in terms of my prediction, um, let's see. What did I say last? I did like 31-21 last week. So I, I'm not going to get to the 30s for the Vikings this week. I think they'll definitely get to 27 for sure. They're going to win. They're going to win the ball game. 27. And then the Dolphins. Ba, 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 ba. 27 to 27 20. I'll say 27-20. The Vikings do get a win, and maybe the Dolphins offense will have a little bit more spunk in them than maybe I'm giving them credit for with uh Skylar Thompson starting. So I think that they're I I'm confident in them winning the game, but I'm also very confident in them lowering once again their <laughs> skill to yeah. the opposition. So um 
I, th- I think both defense or both defenses are going to be exposed and both offenses are going to shine. I'm going to go with a very nice 30 to 24 win for the Vikings. Very good. Fair. Fair. Very good. All right. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, guys, hockey is back. It's so back. It's so back. I can't believe it. We've had games on ESPN and TNT the last couple nights. It I, again, like the the Avalanche, I felt like just hoisted the cup. Literally, they like guys just like a second ago, and that's what I love about hockey. It's got the shortest off season of all the big four sports here in North America, and we're here. And we're going to do a little bit of wild preview because it's right around the corner. They play the first game uh, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, uh, October thirteenth. Hosting the New York Rangers, I believe. Puck drop seven o'clock, right at the X age. Mm-hmm. You know it. Okay, right on. Um, so obviously, I've been trying to just binge as much wild content as I can the last couple of days, just because, frankly, the se- because it's a short off season, it does kind of sneak up on me every single time. So I'm just trying to get all my ducks in a row, just getting everything and getting really getting the thick of the Minnesota Wild. And so a couple of questions I just kind of want to start off with really um, that are kind of presenting themselves as the season's starting to get in here is, at least for me anyway, is just how are we going to match the level of production from Kevin Fiala? And are we going to be able to trust that Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't fall off a cliff because he's a potentially old goaltender? And frankly, just AJ and artists just looking around and just reading all these articles and stuff. A lot of people are still high on this Minnesota Wild team that they will be able to find that production, um, even though Kevin Fiala is gone. And that Marc-Andre Fleury will uh, continue to play at uh, at least a pretty good level. Um, I'm seeing them at least top 10 in power rankings. I'm seeing them pretty consistently being uh, at least finishing ahead of the St. Louis Blues, second in the Central Division. Obviously, everybody's pretty much picking the avalanche to win the central. And a lot of people are also picking them to win the Stanley cup again too. Um, but I think going in the off season guys, that's a lot of people were like, Oh boy, if y'all is going to be gone, we're going to enter this cap space cap space hell because of the Parisian suitor buyouts. And this team might not be as good. Frankly, um, I'm actually pretty shocked that there's seems to be a lot of decent hype about the wild going into the season. I'm encouraged by it. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it too. And one of the questions that you posed there was like, where's the extra, I guess, offensive output going to come now that you've lost Kevin Fiala to the LA Kings? I can't guarantee it's going to be there. Um, sure. I think they're going to regress because you can't re- replace a guy like that but at the snap of a finger, especially when you're working with like 13, 14 million dollars lower than the than the cap space. Um, but the, let me tell you, Bill Guerin, he's got a plan and he has, uh, I think, executed it fairly well. They've brought in a couple guys. Um, who I think fit the roles nicely. Um, Tyson Jost is back um, mm-hmm. after acquiring him. Uh, Michael Russo had a really good piece in The Athletic about kind of his emotions after being on the avalanche and then getting traded to the wild and having to sit in Minnesota yeah. and watch the avalanche win the cup. You know, it's got to feel easy. for the guy. But uh, Matt Boldy, I think, is going to merge as such a so, – I mean, he, he was already looking like last year, and I think that a lot of people – maybe are questioning how much he can contribute now that he's not going to be on a line with Kevin Fiala, because Mm -hmm. that was one of the things I think uh, that turned Fiala into that very streaky into you're going to produce consistently now, Um, maybe not in the playoffs like we saw, but uh, at least through the the regular season. Um, I think Matt Boldy is going to be just fine, especially because he's got uh, Marco Rossi coming up who um, he and Kalen Addison were both uh, anointed with full-time NHL spots recently. Um, And I am, I am ecstatic for both of these guys, 82 games for both of these guys. Uh, Marco Rossi was the seventh overall pick in 2019. Um, A guy that I think is a little, undersized that a lot of people think but he's got the skill he's got the talent and he was one of those guys where it was such a deep draft that in maybe other years he's going probably to three four five mm. um it probably doesn't get past five but he fell all the way to the wild which was tremendous and i'm i'm saying seven i think it was nine i either way it doesn't matter right. um but you know, it's uh, it, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun team, and I think Kirill Kaprizov is going to. He, I'm seeing a lot of picks, um, and maybe dark horse picks, but 
Um, a lot of insiders and whatnot and are, are picking him for the Hart Trophy, which for those who are unaware is basically the MVP of the league. Um, mm-hmm. Him and Matt Zuccarello have one of the best chemistries in the entire NHL. Um, those guys have already displayed in the preseason, which I know is just kind of a tune-up for a lot of teams, but we've seen it last year. Um, as long as both of those guys can stay healthy, mostly Matt Zuccarello, who battled injury at times last season, um, I think those two are going to fly and then, did it, you know, Ryan Hartman in the middle. About, One was, of the, I couldn't remember who the center was for the Zuccarello and uh, uh, Caprizo line. Hartman. Yeah. Yeah. Hartman, who has, in my opinion, one of the most team-friendly deals, like best value contracts in the league, just Absolutely. criminal that he's only making like $1.7 million. Um, no, I, I'm excited for it. And then Freddie Goudreau's back. Um, Is he on the line with Boldy? Yes, as of right now, it'll be, from what I am aware of, it is um, him, Rossi, Boldy on a line. Um, I'm I'm just excited to see Kalen Addison out there because this is a guy who is going to step in and be able to add that kind of offensive um, offensive output, especially a guy who can quarterback the power play. Not that they didn't have somebody like that already, but he's just got such a creative playmaking ability to where I when I see him at the at the blue line, I'm like, okay, he's surveying every single guy on the ice. He knows exactly what he wants to do, and he's gonna make something happen instead of just stand there and maybe just loft a pass in that gets intercepted. Um, you address the goalies. Mark Andre Fleury is the lone uh, goaltender remaining from last year's tandem of him and Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot traded to uh, the Senators. He just got hurt too, didn't he? He got hurt, so he's going to be out for like yeah. six to eight weeks. So that's a big mm-hmm. blow for the Senators, who I thought was we're going to be maybe a dark horse pick um, mm-hmm. in that division. But uh, they bring in Philip Gustafson, who has been playing on that team he only it's played like 16 a, games for them last season. He didn't really get in much, and they were bad. So they've it's been a bad, bad past couple of years for for the Senators. Ever since the, I want to say it was one goal that uh, the overtime goal or whatever it was to Pittsburgh where they lost yeah, in the playoffs. You, know, you you don't have any of those guys anymore. Like Carlson is far past that time. Um, it, it's he's, just he's not busy dragging down the San Jose Sharks. Right? <laughs> Jeez, what an that might is that the biggest albatross contract in all of hockey? I think he'll bounce back this year. I think oh, he's always, okay. I think oh, I think he's in a in a sense. I have thirty something. Well, they're they're a rebuilding team anyway. Yeah. So. Um, but he's been on a bad team now on a team that I mean they have it locked down for the most part, like defensively, like they they force people out wide and create low uh, low percentage chances. Mm-hmm. That's what goalies want. Because anybody in the NHL, that I mean, that was the biggest thing when they brought in, like when they brought in Talbot, was okay. You're going from that Dubnik to Talbot. Dubnik was kind of allowing those. Uh, you should really be stopping those, but you're not type of goals. And Cam Talbot was at one point with Edmonton before coming to Minnesota a Vesna candidate, which is once again for everybody who is unaware the best uh, goalie in the league. Um, he kind of found that form at times with Minnesota. Um, and yeah. flurry flurry has been that he's, I mean, for most of his career, he's kind of like this ageless wonder where it's just <laughs> like, he's, he's, you gotta remember he's two years removed from being the Vesna winner. Um, so incredible. Being, yeah. Um, at this age, you got to wonder about like the workload. Is he going to be able to handle it and whatnot? Um, but I think Philip Gustafson is going to be, um, uh, maybe not like the best backup, but he's going to be more than capable of stepping in against maybe those weaker games, weaker opponents, um, and, you know, maybe allowing one, maybe two, but you're confident enough in the defense to help you out and the offense to be able to score two or three and maybe you win a goal, a game four to two, or you win a game three to one or something like that. Right. Um, it, it is comp. like, it is cool to see like Billy Garen fully investing in Kalen Addison now. Cause he was kind of like in and out of Iowa <laughs> here throughout the season and stuff like that. So it's actually yeah. like, to actually see him invest because I like him too because he definitely has a little bit of an offensive spunk to him that I like. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think Flurry will be fine for the most part. I really do. Um, I, frankly, I think if he were really close to a cliff and it were obvious, Bill wouldn't have resigned him. And I know that they go way back and they're buddies and they're close and stuff like that, but I don't think Bill lets his relationships get in the way of what's good for business for the wild. So if Mark was really, really like close to it. I think, 
I, I think Bill would have been honest with him and been like, sorry, uh, Mark Andre, like, we just think that it's just not going to work out and we're going to move on in a different direction, whether that would have been keeping Cam Talbot, which I don't think that was possible because once you have spouses talking publicly about contract situations and stuff like that, it's probably time for a, a fresh, uh, fresh scene. So, um, I guess, I guess really quick, um, before we probably got to move on to some MNUFC talk here pretty soon too. Um, Matt Dumba, I suppose. Would you consider him maybe the most likely trade candidate for the Wild? If things I'm maybe... so sick of this conversation. <laughs> I'm so, so sick sorry. of this conversation. Yes, yes. Sorry, I mean, sorry. yes. And, and that's the thing. Yes, it is. He is. It, with, absolutely. I mean, a guy who's on the hook and is fine. fine. I'm just so tired. This has been the same thing. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just I'm so sorry. tired. Oh, no, no, you're fine. I'm just so tired. It's been like this for like years now. And I don't know what it is. Um, I understand what it is. I understand. It's contract it, here. He's going to be a free agent. Yes, he's going to be. He's in the final year of of a deal that he's making six million per year on um, a team that's hard strapped for for salary cap dollars, um, and it seems like it's like a coin toss for if you just go up to somebody at a wild game. Hey, are you a fan of Matt Dumba? It's either yep, he's great, or nope, I hate him. Um, I I I get the other side of the argument because at times he's shown he's not the best defender and all like all this other stuff. Um, but at, like he does make the occasional boneheaded play, but he's also just grown so much. Like it's there's so sure. many plays last year, even that I pointed out um, while watching the game. Uh, just he's become a leader for this team, and I and that's yeah. something that I think Bill Guerin values a lot more than it, how much you're putting points on the board at times. He, I mean, he's he wears the assistant captain patch on his chest for a reason, mm-hmm. and. You know, look at the guys you have in that locker room who are the captains. Jared Spurgeon, who is, I would say, pretty soft-spoken. He's coming off, I want to say, what is this now, second year as the full-time captain. So he's probably settled in and maybe gotten a better reign of, like, how to go about it. Um, Marcus Foligno, I think he can probably play the bad guy at times if needed for, like, getting on guys and whatnot. But I think Matt Dumb is just that. He's that spark plug. I mean, the guy brings a lot of energy. He has, you know, given his background and everything like that, just he has a much different perspective on the game with his experience in life. Mm-hmm. So, he, like, he brings just a lot of different character to the team, and I think I think the Minnesota Wild need that. And what he does on the ice I think is fine. He's a physical guy. He plays as hard as anybody else, and if, if not harder, he's got a cannon of a shot, which I know a lot of people are like, well, who cares? You can get somebody else. Yeah, but you you need somebody who's going to fit the role right. And so you need a guy who can play offensively when needed, and he'll hop up in the play. At times on defense, he is a liability. But in the locker room, he just – I feel like he does so much Mm -hmm. to where – I'm just, I'm just sick of the, oh, you got to trade him. I want him gone. I'm so done with him. And yeah, in my defense, you're, you're done, Mike, from White Bear Lake. Yeah. But guess what? You don't make the shot. You don't call the shots. You don't, you don't get a say. You're going to sit on your couch, crack your Bud Light, and you're going to yell at your TV at 9 o'clock at Listen. night because he turned the puck over. Guess what he also did? He has five hits. He has an assist, and he's plus two on the evening. So how about you shut up? Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I love it. Yeah. No, I, uh, but yeah, short, long story short. Yes. He is probably the most yeah. trade candidate, depending on how they are okay. moving into the, uh, the, like the trade deadline portion. If they don't look like a team that can probably go all the way, you're going to want to move him so you can get something back. Cause what he brings at the trade deadline is going to be a lot better. I think than a lot of other pieces at that point. Right. And again, again, I, I didn't say that to try to get AJ going here or anything like that. I like Matt Dumba. Yeah. He's, he's a good player. He always plays his heart out. Um, sometimes he gets injured, unfortunately, because of that. You know, sometimes he punches guys the wrong ways and breaks mm-hmm. his hand sometimes. Um, but I really respect the guy. The way, I mean, even just off the ice stuff, the way um, he helped create kind of dialogue about the George Floyd situation here in Minneapolis and obviously giving a platform for hockey players to speak about that, especially uh, hockey players of color and stuff like that. Yeah. I have a ton of respect for Matt Dumba and I would hate to see him go. I think he's grown a lot of good roots here in Minnesota and I only brought him up because of exactly what we just said. He's in a contract year. 
And yes, his name has been brought up a ton, but I was just looking through some articles and he was obviously a name that was brought up as potential, the leading candidate for the wild, or the wild trade. But uh, hopefully we just uh, win a couple, uh, a couple games and we don't trade him in the first place. Um, I was looking at, I think it was DraftKings odds for over-unders for point total for the wild. I saw they are at 101 and a half. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. uh, are you taking the over or the under on that? That's so tough because I think they're going to be third in their division and probably lock up a playoff spot. But I don't know. I I would probably take the under, but they're going to set at like 99 or 100. Like if that's a real if you were going to tell me anywhere like a point or two down, I would have gone over. If you give me one point up, I'm going under I, where it is. I'm going to go under. Hmm. OK, I would. Because what were they? What were they? Uh, 111, 12, 13 last year? Something, Something like that. Regret. I think they're going to regress, but they got the to old, yeah, they got yeah. to 110. Yeah, when I saw that too, I was I was pretty surprised. And I think in the grand scheme of all the other teams where that ranks, that puts them in like the six, seven, eight range in terms of where uh, DraftKings thinks they were overall be in the standings. Um, yeah, I do expect a little regression, just like you, AJ, with this team. We do wonder where the offensive production is going to come from uh, uh, from the lack of Fiala nowadays. We're not sure if they're going to be able to match that. Although I did look. So Fiala's line last year with Boldy and Goudreau, I believe in total, all three of them scored um, 160-some points. So if, like, you do the math on that, as long as each player on that line can score at least 58 points, then you do match somewhat Fiala's production. Obviously, that's in combination, and that line, half of that production with Fiala on it did come from Fiala. So maybe that's a little bit too much to ask, but... Is it unreasonable? I don't really think it is. Um, so, but is it gonna? Is this team gonna have enough offense? I mean, obviously, Krill's gonna be Krill. Krill's gonna be just fine. Krill's probably only even gonna get better. And um, but I still expect at least a little bit of regression. So maybe a hundred points would be a little bit too much to ask. Probably, maybe. I don't think it's like it, it's pretty close to be honest with you. I don't think it's too far off. I think they can definitely be in like the ninety-five to a hundred range, but. Maybe anything more than 101 might be a little bit tough, but it, it's doable. It'll just – they got a lot of questions to answer first. Um, yeah, we got to see just where this offense is really. And frankly, I mean, they've been scoring pretty good in the preseason, so it, it's looking like it's looking pretty good. Um, but, yeah, 100 – yeah, well, I hope so. I hope so. hope I'm wrong. But it, it's, yeah. it's definitely doable, but it just might be a little bit too much to ask for. We'll see. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the season getting going uh, tomorrow, Thursday yes. at 7 o'clock, home opener, season opener against the Rangers. Um, a team that also will be playing here coming up soon as they extended their season, Minnesota United FC. Woo! They Woo! win against Vancouver, they lock up a playoff spot, and they'll be tra- uh, traveling down to Frisco, Texas to take on FC Dallas. Weird name. You know, why are you called Wait, Dallas? Frisco, if Texas you're in- or FC Dallas? Which one's weird to you? Uh, the fact that, I mean, what, <laughs> why are you not playing in Dallas if your team name is FC Dallas? Um, FC but Frisco. E- I like that better. You're right. Um, either way, though, um, they're traveling down there. They lost to them at home 3-0 um, earlier this season. Their first meeting of the year, though, was down in Frisco, and they got a 2-1 win. Um, the loss at home, they played. That was the worst of the season. They Not even the worst game. They played the worst five minutes of the season in that yeah. game. And that's why they lost 3-0. So um, I think it's a winnable game. They have, I think, of like the quarters of the bracket, the easiest one to get to the it's the uh, not the easiest, but the best road to get to the conference fire uh, the conference finals. Well, where I, I imagine they're inevitably going to play either LA Galaxy or LAFC. Um, but they, uh, you know, yeah, they, they they've got uh, FC Dallas, and then they will play um, if they win the winner of Real Salt Lake and Austin FC. And let's. I mean, obviously, we got to take care of our business in Dallas, but let's cheer the heck out of Salt Lake because then we get that home playoff game because we're the sixth seed and they're the seventh seed. And then that means we don't have to go down to uh, Texas twice. We'd have to go to Frisco and then we'd have to go to Austin. No yep. need for the Texas two step. I like it. Hey, yeah, get get a Frisco burger while you're there. I think that's probably why they call it Frisco. Anyway, yes. Um, what I loved about the Vancouver game, decision day, obviously the pressure is as great as it's going to be all season. Um, that was to me, AJ, it just, we just took care of our business that game. It just seemed like we had the attitude. All right, guys, like enough horsing around. 
we're just going to go in here. We're going to shove off this non-playoff team, Vancouver, even though they were pretty contenders for a playoffs. But let's let's just get them out of here. We got that goal in the in the at the seventeenth minute, set the tone pretty early. Um, and I just, I, I was very encouraged by that because we were really wondering just like, oh boy, what did this team have in it going into decision day? And they just came in and be like, yeah, we're a playoff team. We're no, we know we're a playoff team. Let's go to Texas. Let's go to Texas. So yeah. Um, we'll see about, yeah, go ahead. It was, it was, I mean, it was about the fresh air for a team that had in their six games leading up to that five losses and a draw not great no. when you're trying to lock the playoff spot um so you know to actually find your identity start the game control it for i you know for 90 percent of it like they yep. were they felt like they were in control for most of it it got to the halftime i texted john uh john harrison who was on the call and i was like all right just don't collapse now because i right. yeah, i was waiting for yeah. it i was waiting for it yeah. um and then they get that second goal and i was like okay we yep. can breathe. I sat, finally sat back in my chair. I relaxed uh, while watching it. So um, it, it was nice to have them actually come out and look like they knew what they were doing and have that identity. Uh, it was great to have Robin Ludbeck, who that too. Can, that he's was- so versatile. He can yes. he can play on the wing. He can play in the midfield. He can play that box to box role if you need him to. Um, he, he's he was tremendous. Um, and I think having him and everybody's going to have to probably step up their game a little bit um, now that it's the playoffs and to make a run, everybody's going to have to elevate their play just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where we're just going to have to probably go ahead and hope for the best and hope yeah. that they, uh, they have their ish together because yep. if they don't, it's going to be a very quick, uh, very quick appearance in the postseason. Yes. Let's get that revenge from that three Oh loss. Let's go mm-hmm. take care of that business. Yeah. I- I'm a, a rare, they got these games on a Monday, though, and I don't know what's going on with that. First time I looked it up, first time all season MLS has had Monday games. I know it's a ratings thing. They don't want to have too many games on Saturdays and Sundays because they're dealing with football. I understand. But, like, when I looked at the schedule, I was like, Monday? Monday? I mean, we, Monday, had, like, Monday, one Monday. Random, we had, like, one rando Tuesday game, like, earlier this season. But I was just like, a Monday. So No, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, yeah. I'm all for it. It'll be, it'll be a fun time. Um, Cal and Kinder's last, uh, not poten- potentially their last uh, call for MNUFC. They'll be on the call for the radio on 1500 ESPN. Um, yep, John Harrison that? hosting, and then yes. uh, they will be on the call. Um, but yeah, no, should be a fun time. Should be a great time. What time's pregame? What time's kickoff again? Uh, kickoff 830. So we'll have pregame on uh, ESPN 1500 or the Score North mobile app or online at scorenorth.com. Just click on the uh, live stream listen um, link there. Um, so pregame at 8 kickoff it'll probably be like 838 or 840 or whatever it is but you know they say it's 830 so uh there it is for that and uh yeah so that is uh monday night make sure to tune in for that uh time to probably send it off here you think yeah uh artist is your phone not working anymore no okay but did you open the show right yes okay do you want to come in and close it really quick you can use my (laughs) phone come on in right here come on in I know people can't see this right now because it's just a podcast, but uh, we're 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 dealing with a lot of technological avenues today because we got a MLB game simultaneously going on fifteen hundred while we're trying to record this. Anything to get Taxi Squad on the air just for you, artists. Send us home, please. Yes, sir. Again, thank you guys for the tent, or thank you guys for. <laughs> You know, <laughs> thank you for the technical difficulties. Well, I'm just way off today. Well, thank you guys for tuning in, okay, to the Taxi Squad. Make sure you give us a five-star rating on with whichever. <laughs> Which, wherever you're listening. Wherever you're listening. We don't care. Just do it. Just give us a five-star rating. You know, share, like, subscribe, everything you can. Make sure you give us a download on the Score Note website as well. For now, we are signing off. Next time, we will have much better audio for sure. But for now, we are signing off. We will see you guys next time on the Taxi Swap.